Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show Sunday morning inside Slant on the mobile in my mobile studio. Got Mr. Briggs in the haunted attic studio. We got you there, Rick. Oh, yeah. You got me here in the posh penthouse studio. Actually, I'm reclined in some velvet seating, drinking a little champagne up here in the penthouse. I'm sorry you couldn't make it today. That, that's a lie. First of all, you're not sorry I couldn't make it, number one. And number two, you're sitting up there in a folding chair, freezing your can off, hoping not to be attacked by a demon, let's be completely honest. <laughs> I'm completely, well, okay, you were right about the one thing. I'm not sorry you're not here. At least I have something to drink now. <laughs> all right, Rick. Well, week 10 is upon us. Lots of news out there. We're going to get that all to you. The mailbag is stuffed full. Mr. Briggs is going to monitor the chat room. So much going let's, on. Let's talk, let's talk to, let's talk real news here. How about, you know, no one, no one expected Ronda Rousey to get knocked out. Yeah, I was watching that Vine last night right after it happened. I was stunned. I thought it was a bit when it first came across Twitter. I was still up, kind of waiting for the results. Way too cheap to pay for it, obviously. Just a stunner. Not only did she get beat, she got pummeled. Just absolutely pummeled. I, it, it, it's amazing. So brutal. So brutal. And I just, maybe I'm still a misogynist. Something about a women's MMA still makes me a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they took her to the hospital, and, I mean, it was a whooping. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, quite shocking. I, I wonder what the odds were. I really don't know. You know, I didn't see anything about that, but I know there had to be a few people raking up. I think it was It was basically 20 to 1. I think it was you had to put down 2,000 to win 100. On uh, on the Rousey side, so if you had the guts to go that way, and I don't know if you're a better, why wouldn't you throw ten dollars the other way? That's a pretty good investment right there. Yeah, no doubt about that. But anyway, like you said, it is week ten. There's some big games going on this week, and um, you know, still, I mean, we're not even to week eleven. You know, the real big one, and we have a lot of fantasy implications as far as the bye weeks with Atlanta, Indianapolis, San Diego, and San Francisco on a bye this week. Yeah, save for San Francisco, that's a, that's a veritable boondoggle right there of fantasy studs out this week. Julio Jones, Danny Woodhead, Phil Rivers, I would just go down the list. They just keep coming and coming. So I think we're going to have some deep questions. We can help you out with that, 646-478-467. During that, get into the headlines. Looks like we got Jersey on the line. Let me uh, bring him in here. Uh, Jersey, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning, man. How are you guys doing such a beautiful Sunday? Eight and one over that one ten one oh two. Hey, what I did this week, guys? I did a little aggressiveness. I I, I traded for the Terrius the Terrius Murray, and I gave my guy the guy that's not going to make the playoffs, um, Eli Manning, because I got Brady. You know what I mean? But but here's my dilemma. I got Cooper, I got Austin, I got I got um what's his name? Um Randall. Uh I sat watching because I knew he wasn't gonna have a good game there. I got Benjamin. Benjamin really hasn't done anything in the last three games. My question is I have Sims and uh Hill, you know, on my bench. Do I do I drop a guy like Randall and get Amendola? This week, because next week Randall's going to be on a bye, or will Randall have a big game? Right now, I'm supposed to win 
131 to 127 to a guy who's 3-6 on his one and trying to win every game. What's your recommendation on that? Because Keith Short is out there, uh, and so is um, Danny Amendola. Uh, am I weaker at, at receiving versus picking up a guy like um, uh, uh, AJ, you know, the guy from Miami? What's your feeling based on what I have uh, team-wise? So I always start Cooper and Austin. So what do you think uh, I should do? Any any tweakness? I know it's a lot to throw to you guys. I can't hardly hear anybody right now. All right, well, I'll jump in on this one then, Jersey. We'll uh, figure out what's going on with with Rick's mic there. I I think, Cooper, you're set to go with. Benjamin's actually, I think, I worry now that that we hear Johnny Manziel's going to start over McCown. But I think he's a pretty good start against the Steelers this week. So the question is, I think, more long-term, unless you need something in week 11, Ruben Randall jersey is a guy I don't mind having having on my bench. I know you're going to lose him in week 11. If you can get through next week without him, which if I have my bye weeks right, I think you should. I might hold on to him. He's he's a nice, safe piece. Love the trade you made, by the way, getting Latavius Murray back for for, uh, Eli when you have a Tom Brady who you know is not going to miss any time. I love that trade. I might stand pat there before Amendola's so hit and miss. It looks like they got LaFell worked in a little bit next week. Now, it could be an Amendola week this week. It could be an all-Gronk week. It's always Julian Edelman week. I, I like to avoid that Patriots mess. I think Randall going forward is going to be a decent play for you. I, I might stand pat there. I have to agree on you there, Rick. I, I like Ruben Randall. He's he's safer pick. Uh, Danny Amendola is losing a lot of playing time to Brandon LaFell. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, LaFell's back in there, you know, from the injury, not for whatever reason. But, I mean, he seems to fit that offense pretty good. And I think Amendola is going to be a real hit and miss uh, from here on out. And, and Randall, yeah, you're not going to get anything big, huge from him. Uh, but, you know, he's got the 36 catches, you know, three touchdowns. And, yeah, I sure don't see Cruz coming back anytime soon. Hey, do, you like, do you like Amendola as my flex, or do you like uh, Benjamin this week? Because I, heard, I mean, the problem with Benjamin is he's going to get to be the, the, the second worst, you know, quarterback in the whole league. I think 111 out of 112. But the Manziel back, you never know what he's going to do. You know, sometimes Manziel and him do have a connection. But Benjamin has scored much points in the last three weeks. not listening Coming up a fourth week. That's why I was wondering. He has really petered down the last three, you know, week uh, 11, 7, 8, 9. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and and you worry about it, and you you worry they face some tough defenses. Uh, that that's one thing they don't have to go up against today. The Steelers are vulnerable in a lot of places defensively. Where they're most vulnerable, especially in a game like this today, where they're playing their backup quarterback. They're vulnerable to the big play, and we saw Johnny Manziel start several weeks ago, back towards the beginning of the season, where he gave up or he he part of two big plays. He had the one game, I think it was two catches, well over a hundred in the touchdown. I think he has that opportunity today. I think Johnny Manziel. This isn't Dick LeBeau Steelers to confound a young quarterback. I think he's obviously going to struggle. He's bad. Benjamin's been down against some bad defenses. I think he has more opportunities there. So, so you talked about at the beginning, you know, you took a little bit of a risk. You made the smart move. You sat Watkins. You're kind of playing with house money. 
right here as far as I'm concerned. I like the big play, Rick, and I'll let you jump in here. I like the big play potential out of Benjamin in this game versus the absolute coin toss that Danny Amendola is. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree because Travis Benjamin's going to get the plays. He's going to be on the field. Amendola, you're not sure what you're going to get with him. I mean, he, you know, he's going to be on the field, obviously, but not as much as Benjamin is because of Brandon LaFell. And then, you know, you still have Gronk and you still have Edelman in New England. So, I mean, yeah, you may have a big day, but the chances of Benjamin – cashing in for you, I think, are a lot higher. So you like you like Benjamin over Randall in the PPR as my flex? Because I'm thinking the Giants, or not Giants, but Jordan uh, always makes to shut somebody down. I think they're going to try to shut down Beckham. That's just my gut feeling. I don't know. But right now, I have Randall as my flex, but I also have Benjamin on my bench. So I know he's the best quarterback in Eli versus Manziel. So if they shut if they shut Beckham down, well, Randall will have the bigger day versus Benjamin against a Pittsburgh defense that is that has problems in the secondary. But again, it's his quarterback that he has that you don't know what he's going to do. He did have a nice relationship with him week one and week two, but didn't do anything last week when Manziel was in. So do you like uh, my last question? Do you like Randall starting this my flex in a PPR, or do you like Benjamin? That's my last one, guys. Go ahead, Rick. I'll you let know, you. I, I, I'll tell you what, to be real honest with you, Jersey, I think I'd have to roll with Randall uh, when it got between those two, simply because of the fact, I mean, Benjamin hasn't scored since week three, and his production has decreased since week six against Denver where he topped 100 yards. He hasn't been over 50 yards since then. And if Manziel's a quarterback, you know, I'm really kind of dubious about him. So, I mean, I'd have to go with Randall. And do you, do you like Cecil Shorts next week picking up? Like, would you drop? Since you said you like Randall better than, you know, Sam and Dolan, but like next week going forward, would you keep Randall on your bench or, or, or drop Benjamin for, for Cecil Shorts if he if he comes back healthy? Because I know prior to being hurt, he he, has, he was getting nine targets. Now, I know that'll put in the Washington situation, but what's your feeling on that going forward? Like a Cecil Shorts, next week do you drop a Benjamin or a Randall since they're both on the bye uh, and pick up Cecil Shorts going forward after that? What's your feeling on that? That's my last question because I won't be able to talk to you until next Sunday and then Tuesday is what I would put in for my waiver. I'm just trying to tweak for my, my, my playoff run, you know what I mean? i tell you what, to be honest with you, Jersey, I, in, some, in other leagues I, I've gambled on Cecil Shorts and picked him up even before he came by, back from that hamstring. And uh, I, I think that's a good pickup, to be honest with you. I like this kid. Yeah, I mean, he's a little hard to keep on the field, but when he's on the field, he seems to produce. So, at, at a Randall or Benjamin, who would you drop for him? If it was me, I'd probably drop Benjamin. Uh, you know, it, this this quarterback situation with Cleveland starting to scare me. Rick, you can jump in on this. I mean, I, I know with the delay here, it's kind of hard. But, uh, yeah, jump in and, and – and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean that—that's the way I go. Cleveland is just so up and down, scary. Yeah, I mean it makes you nervous. I think I, I like the the safety of a Cecil Shorts. I think they have Houston has a much better schedule going forward. I was looking at the Browns' schedule, what I was curious of. So you got the Steelers mm-hmm. this week, the Ravens next or in two weeks. So you, you've got Benjamin on the bye. Then you go Bengals, 49ers, Seahawks, at Chiefs, and, and it, it pretty much your fantasy season's over at that point. So they've got some tough, tough at Seattle, at Kansas City, 
I was going to disagree with you, Rick, though I looked at that schedule. I would go ahead and out of those two. I like Randall's just that nice, safe guy that can get me four or five catches a week. I, I want to keep him around in case I have an injury or a matchup problem. I might drop Benjamin. When, when I look at after – we after the bye, we got the Ravens, which is a fairly easy matchup. But then the Bengals, the 49ers, at the Seahawks, and at the Chiefs to round it out. I don't know where you play Benjamin there. I, I really don't with, with the with the lineup you have, Jersey. So I'm going to agree with Rick. And yeah, if uh, if Shorts is a guy you're after, I think Benjamin's a drop here. Yeah, because he might not be there next week, and that's why uh, you know I'll pick me another guy who's one. I probably pick we I'll be ten out of twelve. So if I put him for now, I'll get him now. And that's why I was thinking ahead of time. Then I wouldn't be able to see you guys next, next Sunday. So, all right, I'll do it that way. I'll drop Benjamin. I'll keep Randall in there. Because most of the time it's going to be Watkins, probably Austin and Cooper, you know, or unless I run a different running back in there as a flex. But I'm just trying to get myself ready for week 14, which is the first round of the playoffs, and then week 16 is the championship. Hopefully I make it there. But like I said, losing losing D'Angelo Williams, you know, dropping in week three for Lewis, it was a great move, but I never thought that Bell would go down and foster. So I, I lost 40 points there between two guys. And then probably another 15 in Lewis, I've lost 55 points from my running back flex position, losing those three guys. So I'm trying to make some moves. But, again, I really appreciate the time you guys always take me every week. Yeah, Junior's 5-4. and four. So he's, he's, on, he's on a roll. He'll make the playoffs. He's scary, man. If I had to play him in the first round, he'd beat me. But we're growing. And, and Freeman, um, you know, he's got car starting. He's sitting Palmer. He's got stud wide receivers and, and, and Beckham and all. He's, he's scary. He's putting up a crap load of points. So now he's got his team healthy. So, again, I appreciate the information you give both of us. He actually, that, he, he left that uh, 830. He's at the Eagles game with the winner of Vega today. They're all over there, all his buddies and stuff. So they're at the Eagles game. He's like, go Eagles against the Dolphins. So thanks for all your voice, guys. I appreciate it, and best of luck to you this weekend. And thanks again for taking my questions every week. I appreciate it very, very much. Thanks again. I appreciate it, Jersey. Good luck this week. Great to hear from you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Rick, let's get to some of this, uh, some of a lot of injury news out there to go along with all these buys. Looks like Matt Forte is not going to go today. Going to see Jeremy Langford against the Rams. As uh, I'm asking you, Rick, as a, as a listener looking for some fantasy advice here, how do you feel about Jeremy Langford going up against that Rams defense? Also in that game, looks like Alshon Jeffrey is going to go. He was questionable all week as well. I don't know if that factors in or not for you. You know, I, I, yeah, you get you get Alshon Jeffrey back in there. Look. This, this Bears offense. I mean, we saw Langford produce last week, and this. Bears offense is one of these things. If it can click, it can move the football. And, you know, you get Elshon Jeffrey in there, I think that only helps Langford. I mean, it's just obvious. So, you know, I mean, depending on what the question would be with a Langford, I tell you what, he's almost a must-start in my book. Yeah, I think especially in a PPR format, and we're going to get to my specific question. For me, and I want to, I want to wait till we get Scott on and try to come to a consensus with it. But I'm going to be selfish on this one, as I think I got a really tough call. This probably not as tough for you guys, but but you know how my vibes go. So we'll talk about that later. Alshon Jeffrey being being in also good news. Looks like in that Steelers uh, Browns game, as we talked about, it's going to be uh, Landry Jones versus Johnny Menzel. We spent a lot of time on Wednesday talking about what it means for the peripheral characters for 
for the Steelers. Yeah, we've talk, talked a lot with Jersey about what it means with Travis Benjamin. Looks like D'Angelo Williams. I'm not sure how much of a question that was. He is going to go. Even being nicked up, Rick, I, I don't think we should have any D'Angelo Williams questions. Right? I mean, the answer is yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Yeah, you have to have him in there. I don't know. Can you still hear me, Richard? I, okay, there you are. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You have to have him in there. Let's get to the chat room here because we actually have a, a question from that game on the other side of the ball. Uh, they have a, um, a PPR running back quandary with uh, Isaiah Crowell or Andre Ellington. And I'll let you take it, Rick. I've already answered in the chat room, but uh, give us your thoughts on that. Oh man, that that is so tough. I I don't I, I like Crowell. When I watch him play, you hear me say it about Melvin Gordon all the time. That the numbers aren't bearing it out, but when they got the ball in their hands, we we saw Crowell on uh national the national game, what was it last week? He ended up or two weeks ago, he ended up with no numbers, but every time he touched the ball, he just moved the pile. It looks good. Andre Ellington not role is yet I hate this Seattle matchup I'm boy just going against the Steelers Steelers defense knowing that Manziel's starting they're going to be leaning on the running game they're not going to need a ton of points I might take a risk on Crowell here I, I worry about Duke Johnson's role even down around the goal line what what did you answer Rick I'm about 50 50 on this and I'm leaning Crowell just because I haven't seen what Ellington's role is going to be with this suddenly crowded Cardinals backfield, and I, I don't like them being in Seattle, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me it was pretty easy. I mean, you know, Chris Johnson is the man in Arizona right now. And Crowell, I mean, you know, with all the problems that they have with the running game, you know, he seems to be, uh, you know, the guy that they seem to lean on a little more. I mean, he's got a couple of touchdowns. He's got uh, almost 500 total yards. And, uh, you know, not amazing numbers, but I think you're going to – I think you'll be safe putting him in there and just get the Isaiah Crowell numbers. You'll get anywhere between, like, maybe 8 and 15 point fantasy points. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't give up a lot to fantasy running backs, but, you know, Ellington, I don't think his role is going to be that huge, especially against Seattle. I think it's Chris Johnson. So, to me, it's not that hard. Yeah, I think this is almost a matter, and, and this is a cop-out in doing what we do, but I think it's a factor sometimes. This is the volume play for me. I don't want to just sit around and count on Andre Ellington taking a screen 40 yards for a touch to to have some fantasy value there. That That's my biggest concern. Crowell, I have to think today, unless he puts the ball on the carpet early, I have to think that at some point today, he has 15 carries. Just the way this game's going to go, Pittsburgh's not going to put up 400 yards of offense, so it's going to be a tight game. They can limit the playbook for Manziel, try to make some big plays, try to run some options to him, but I think you're going to see a lot of Crowell between the tackles. And from a fantasy standpoint, I wonder, Rick, and I'm curious what you think about this. <clears throat> we know by watching all of these games, I've seen a couple in person now, how bad the Steelers' defense is. I think these numbers are where they're pretty good against fantasy running backs are almost fool's gold, only because good offenses can beat them so easily in the secondary. I think they're getting away from the run when Ben Roethlisberger up. They all turn into air shows 100%. And I think you just get away from the run, and in most cases the running backs could have had big weeks if the games had dictated that, which I think today's day game just might do. Yeah, I mean – 
there's a point to be had there. You're absolutely right. I, it's just the thing about it that gets me with Cleveland is, you know, and especially with Manziel in there, I, I don't trust him. Of course, he may torch the Steelers secondary. You just never know. But they just had, they just cannot seem to get the ground game going. But in that question, you know, it's still a volume play with me. Ellington, I just don't, I just don't trust this kid. I mean, because it's Chris Johnson and so forth. But yeah, I understand that this, this Pittsburgh defense, it is, it bends a lot. You know, the old cliche, bend but don't break, but they do bend a lot. And, um, you know, I think you could see some points. Yeah, absolutely. All right, back to the phone lines. I think this is our buddy Dean, if I'm not mistaken, and we wanted to find out uh, where where we wound up on the Latavius Murray-Lamar Miller uh, quandary last week. Dean, is that you? Yeah, Rick Briggs is in the house today, is he? Oh yeah. I, well, you got to give you got to give uh, Rick Briggs credit for all his Derek Carr love because thank God, I'm going to start him today because Matty Ice Hands is on by, and but I called in to talk to the Oracle about uh, Lamar Miller. Is he there? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's here, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I started Miller and. Well, this is a six-point touchdown PPR, man. He put up 33 points. Murray put up nine and change. And, but I rolled this guy, man, because okay, I had Okay, Dean, Murray had, 96, Murray had 96 yards and suffered a concussion. You know, I, I can't control injuries. He's well on his way to just a wonderful game. And I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to take being wrong on that pick. No. But you were, Rick. You were wrong. Hey, and you know what? I think we were talking about uh, Javaris Landry and Allen Robinson. And yeah, how'd that I, one wind up? I don't even remember. I snuck Landry in there. He had 20.1 and Robinson had 18. So, but I just I just rolled that guy, man. I, I actually crawled out of the basement last week. There you go. On the, on the right track. Any shot to make those playoffs? Well, you know what? If I win the rest of these games and the guy uh, ahead of me loses the rest of his games, I will smoke him on points, and, yeah, I'd make the playoffs. All right, so it's not over yet. We'll we'll keep fighting. It'll be the greatest comeback story in the history of fantasy football. So I do have a couple questions, guys. Throw them out. Would you you sit Barnage with Manziel showing up and throw in Ben Watson on the Saints instead? Oh, man, that is so tough to sit Barnage, but love what I've seen out of Watson. Uh, Steelers are so bad against the tight end, but uh, the Redskins are just so bad against everything and everyone. Uh, I'm a, Rick, what do you think? I'm going to think about this for a minute. Yeah, I mean, i tell you, I'll tell you what, Dean. This is one of those situations. Wow, i tell you what. I mean, you know, you really love Ben Watson, what he's been doing lately. And, and But it's so hard to, to bench Barnage. You know, I mean, I was looking around, you know, you know, Barnage is one of these start of the week from some of these other, you know, gurus putting out. and But it's Manziel. And, and to me, that's yeah. a whole different dynamic. He got five points last week, dude. Before that, he had 18, 16, 18, 27, 19, 22. And Mantel comes in and he gets five. You know, I tell you what, I mean, you're in a must-win situation. If, if, you know, you might want to roll the dice on Watson. I mean, he seems to just have 
he has turned into, um, and I'm not going to say the next Jimmy Graham, but I mean the the guy you know that we wanted to replace Graham. I mean, you know, that's the guy that Bree seems to start is relying on now. And um, I tell you what, I think that's a safe play. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I what think. Does the yeah, I'm going to agree here. I'm going to take the uh, – another – I'm copping out a lot this morning. It must be because I'm not in that freezing barn and I'm down here nice and warm. It's making me soft. But, but where I'm going here is if you were the guy who was just trying to avoid losing out, the guy ahead of you, I'd say play Barnage. He, he's going to have opportunities in the red zone. I think Manziel, he's going to struggle with ties. We saw in that first half of that Cincinnati game, he moved the ball a little bit using Benjamin and Barnage. However – you need you need to win out. You got to take some chances here. What I don't foresee Barnage doing, what I can promise you won't happen, is him having double digit catches and maybe multiple touchdowns. We've seen that capability for Benjamin Watson. I'm not sure they're going to get into that type of game with Washington, but he has that capability. So I think he has the higher ceiling, maybe even less risk, maybe equal risk in the much higher ceiling. So I'm going to tell you, go with Watson. Hope this turns into a sort of a tight end battle is you, is you got Watson versus the, the tight end on the Washington side. So, yeah, I'm going to roll Watson here. It, it's close, and I hate sitting Barnage down against the Steelers' defense. If it was McCown, although I don't think you'd be asking this question if it was Josh McCown. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go Watson there. Oh, good. I'm glad you guys agree. I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask you the same question, Miller or Murray? That's a weekly question, man. All right, Rick, make your argument for Murray, and then I'm going to look and see who I I want to know, who are your other backs in flex position and that kind of thing? That Denver clown. That Denver clown. Yeah, both of them. You're on Denver, both of them, and Ryan Matthews, and that's it. You're starting D'Angelo in this league, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, D'Angelo, definitely. Okay, yeah. that that was my question. Okay, who's your flex? Well, I was going to get to that. I, I I got four receivers, and I'm sticking three of them in there. I'm thinking about sitting Cooks because I have Landry, Antonio Brown, and Allen Robinson, who I think is going to have a monster game. So I was going to sit Cooks on the grass on the road. Cause I think okay, it's going to hurt, too. So you start two receivers and a flex. Okay, gotcha. I, just try, I couldn't uh, remember the uh, – you know the whole. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, you got to go Lamar Miller against that Philly Philly defense. I think. Yeah, I'm okay. trying. To, Oakland going up against Minnesota. That's a tough matchup. I don't see them moving the ball up and down the field on them like they have lately. Coming off a of bet, we saw what they did to the Jets at home. I don't know. They're. I love Derek Carr. I love Murray. I love Cooper, but they're not that offense. It's going to put up 400 on everybody. I, I like Murray here as well. Paying no attention, Rick. I'm sure I'm not in there. I'm sure Scott's in the chat room going nuts. Jay Ajayi already this morning. They say he's going to get more work. I don't know how much more work he's going to get in this situation through the air. Lamar Miller's their guy in the red zone. I, I'm sticking with Lamar. I'm sticking with the hot hand. Mur- Murray's supposed to go. With coming off that concussion, but I, I just worry that whole situation makes me nervous. And I think the Vikings are for real, so I'm going to go with Lamar, who you, you can score on this Eagles defense. Great. Now, out of those four receivers, would you sit Cooks and start Landry Robinson and Antonio Brown? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I like that matchup. I love Jacksonville's matchup against Baltimore. You just can't sit Brown. You do worry about Landry Jones there. Yeah, I, I think Cooks is the odd man out. I don't know what the weather's like in D.C. if it's similar here. It's just kind of cold and kind of damp. It's not going to be what we've seen out of that Saints offense the last two or three weeks. All right, yeah, guys, I heard your midweek show, but uh, I didn't send an email or anything because I've been busy, man. I've been ripping the shingles off my roof and putting on a new roof. I'm taking today off from that. I feel like I I took, like, 25 carries against the 85 Bears right now. <laughs> yeah, they make an old man out of you, Dean. You, you can't be doing that. Well, I'm doing it with my friend, my cousin, but it's for two guys, it's a lot of work. Anyways, enjoy the games, and I got my fingers crossed, man. <laughs> All right, good luck this week, Dean. Good to hear from you, and let's keep this train rolling. Let's get you into the playoffs. All right, man, take it easy. All right, take it easy. Good to hear Appreciate it. All right, Rick. Well, I, I like that Dean's calling me the Oracle, Rick. I think you should start calling me the Oracle. I'll call you lots of names, but uh, the Oracle isn't one of them. All right, fair uh, enough. You know, and I'll tell you what, I mean, yeah, that is a very, very uh, – I mean, you know, that that's not a good position to be in with, with Miller and Murray every week because, uh, you know, because, I mean, he's pretty well set, you know, obviously a wide receiver in his flex. But, you know, boy, you hate to have a Latavius Murray or a Lamar Miller on the bench really at any time. You know what's aggravating is I listen to, to Dean answer these questions, and I think uh, D'Angelo Williams probably created this quandary for him, but it's a good quandary to be in. That's a good team, and I know, luckily, it hasn't befelled either of us this year. There's some teams in our league of consequence, and how many times has this happened to you? That is a stud team Dean's put together there, and he's looking up and desperately trying to get in the playoffs. It's been a weird, weird kind of year, Rick. If you read that squad to me in week one, I just said Dean was going to go about 10-3 and and back it, you know, just moonwalk into the playoffs. It's just one of those years, man. Yes, indeed. I mean, it just doesn't always work out the way you think it will lots of times. But let's get to the chat room. We have a standard question. All right. And we need, we need two from these four. So get your little pencil ready. Hold on. I, find, I couldn't find my pen there for a minute. Go ahead. Um, Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews, Kamar Aiken, Ryan Matthews. Or Richard Matthews? Is it just an R? I'm assuming it's Richard because they're all receivers. All right. So I need two of these four and a standard. Well, Mari Cooper, uh, 100%. He always goes. So Jordan Matthews, Aiken, and probably Richard Matthews or Ryan right, Matthews. Yes. I don't think that changes anything for me, Rick. We talked about it on Wednesday, and I actually talked about it the week before, mainly trying to justify that trade I made with you on the air a couple of weeks ago. I think Jordan Matthews is on the way back, Rick. When he's healthy, when he's actually catching the ball and not dropping 40% of his passes like he was doing, he is a high-volume PPR type of guy. I know this is a standard format, but I think six or seven grabs, whatever yardage will come out of that. Aiken, I guess he's the number one guy for Flacco. They're going against Jacksonville. I understand asking this question I just I, – do, do you trust anything in Baltimore right now that just no playmakers? And if they decide – if anybody decides Aiken's the guy you're going to take away, he could disappear. 
Matthews is interesting going up against Philadelphia. So it's between Jordan Matthews and Richard. I'm going to lean Jordan here. I think uh, Cooper's an obvious, and I like Jordan Matthews, all, mainly, mainly uh, almost based on name value at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's those two and then the other Matthews, and then to me, Aiken's the fourth one, simply because I just, you know, Baltimore, I, I just don't trust them. You know, save for Steve Smith, they've really had no one on that offense making plays. And, you know, to expect him to come in and be the, the playmaker, I want to see it for a week before I'm going to trust Kamar Aiken. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Cooper and then Jordan Matthews. Yeah, yeah, it's possible with Aiken. I mean, you take Steve Smith out, still no. How is it nobody? Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's very possible, too, that there is no true playmaker. There's a reason, you know, even Aiken was third or fourth on the depth chart going in this year, and he just he hasn't earned his way to number one on the depth chart. He's got there by default. And so I, I agree. I think he could maybe bust out. This is a good matchup for him. But I'm going to have to see it first. I'm going to take the wait and see. I think Jordan Matthews is going to get to the point where he's at least a safe, if unspectacular, play every week. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, we got uh, a couple more questions here. We have uh, Ryan Tannehill or Joe Flacco, PPR, tight end premium. All right, Tannehill, Flacco, tight end premium. Hmm, uh, that must be additional points on the tight end. I wonder, does the quarterback get a bump out of that? So we got Tannehill going up against the Eagles. We we talked a lot about that game. We just talked about Flacco going up against the Jags. Tannehill just has better weapons. I mean, Tannehill, I think I think Flacco, if, uh, yeah, it, this is Tannehill just because he can fling a ball out to to. Jarvis Landry and he can take it to the house fling it out to Lamar Miller Matthew based on who's around him I think Flacco's a better quarterback even this year quite frankly but who the hell is Flacco going to throw the ball to yeah they're they're both struggling teams there's no question about that I think I'll go Tannehill too uh, for everything that you said and you know it's I tell you, you know, Flacco can air it out. He's got a cannon for an arm, but I just like the weapons for Tannehill better. I think I'd go that route as well. All right, PPR. We need three. Get your little pencil ready. Oh, I'm ready. Rashard Jennings, C.J. Spiller. Man, here's some direct here. Matt Jones, Marquise Colston, Reuben Randall. We need one running back and two flex. All right, I'm still writing here, so I need a run. Man, I'll tell you what, this guy, he's got some buy issues, I think, or injury one way. way. You know, I'm going to throw throw Spiller out immediately because there's no way I'm taking him. Um, You know, I I think I'd have to go – boy, that's a tough one there. It is – I don't like Matt Jones going against New England. Yeah, and he says he's got a bunch of injury problems, which I can see that. Yeah, I think I'd have to go Reuben Randall for one. We need a running back. I got to throw in Jennings. I, I just think he's a, enough of the mix, and um, you're not going to get anything huge out of Jennings, but he does get used every game. So I think I'm going Jennings for a running back. I think I'll go Reuben Randall, and I don't know. I guess Colson to me. Yeah, I, I think it's by – Randall's the obvious one here in one of those flex spots. 
I thought for all the world when Kyrie Robinson went out and C.J. Spiller had that long touchdown in the ridiculous game a few weeks ago, I, I was <clears throat> sort of – I didn't say it on the air because he'll make you sound foolish so many times, and I was right to do that, wrong in my perception that C.J. Spiller might be uh, on the verge of a little something here. So you have to throw him out. So it's obviously Randall. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Colston here. I think just by default, just by being on the field the most. So at the running back spot, it comes down to Jennings and Jones for me. Jennings is certainly the the safer play. That said, Rick, you can run on New Orleans, and you can run on New Orleans very easily. I worry about the mess back there. It could be a tight game. I'm interested in Jones this week. But I can't take the chance. I know as bad as as little as it is. Here's the problem with Rashad Jennings, Rick. They'll work him between the 20s enough, and then every time they get inside the five, they turn around, hand it to Andre Williams twice, and he gets stopped short, and then they <laughs> then they throw to, to Randall or Beckham or bring Vereen in. Jennings just doesn't get the opportunities in the red zone or in the goal, at the goal line, so I think he'd be a safer play in that, but – I guess if you're shooting for the stars, I, I'd say Jones. But I think the safe bet, I'm going to agree with you, Rick, is Rashard Jennings. If this was my team and I had to have a win, I, I might take a shot on Jones. I think he should be able to to have success this week. I just don't know if he'll be given that opportunity. So that that's why I'm going to leave Jennings on that one. But it's closer for me than I think it is for you. Now it's very close. You know, I'm looking at, at two teams with basically – you know, not really monsters, but three—you know, three-headed running backs. You know, in the backfield there, uh, New York and Washington. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's real close. I mean, I, I just think that New York's a bit of a. I agree with you. Matt Young is probably going to get the volume play. I, I just like New York's offense a little bit better with Eli Manning back there. So, you know, yeah, it, it's very close to me, and and I can see it going either way. If it was me, I, I think I'd just edge on the Jennings side, and you're on the Jones. I mean, it's not – I tell you, I can't fault you either way you go. Okay, we yeah. need one wide receiver and a flex from Mike Evans, Des Bryant, Marshawn Lynch, Lamar Miller, non-PPR. All right, so I get non-PPR. I get two of these out of Evans, Des, Lynch, and Miller. I'm going to throw Miller – Lynch, go ahead. Hell of a team here. Yeah, yeah, it is. If you got to sit two of these guys down, that's a nice work there. I'm going to sit Lynch down. He's a game time decision playing tonight at 8:30 against a good defense. So I'm going to throw Lynch out of this one. In a in a standard, he might be the top play on this on, on an average week, but I think he's the one I take out. Uh, Evans, I think you got to you got to stick with Dez at this point. I think he showed he's turned it, turned it around here a little bit. He is healthy. I, obviously, you wish Romo was back. But if I'm going to sit down a guy the caliber of Lynch, I'm not going to sit down the, a guy the caliber of Dez. And I think it might be Mike Evans, Rick. Had he not dropped all those balls last week, he might have had 20 catches last week. They're they're looking his way with Vincent Jackson being out. He's the top target there. I. I it, this is a standard league, right? Or is this PPR? I forget. No, it's standard. Yeah, so that that makes it a little closer. I, I still, I think I'm going to go Mike Evans and Des Bryant here. I agree 100. percent I mean, I, I just don't think that you can sit these guys. And you know, we're right. It is a hell of a team. He says he's eight and one. And yeah, I mean, sit down, Lynch and Miller. I mean, 
and, and ride the wave of Evans and Bryant. I cannot see Evans dropping that many passes this week. Instead, Bryant is always a threat to score, so we'll go that way. PPR, Todd Gurley or IJE? No. <laughs> is that Scott screwing with us? Oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I'll go with Gurley. It's close, you know, as we all know. Ajayi is the second coming to Tony Dorsett, but it might not be for another week. I'm going to play safe and go with Todd Gurley here. Yeah, I think I will, too. Okay, here's another standard flex from Landry. Okay, Landry Jones, excuse me, James Jones, Brandon LaFell, or Duke Johnson? Okay, Jones. Or not Landry, James. Jarvis Landry. I'm getting all, you know, too many players here. Jarvis Landry, James Jones, Brandon LaFell, Duke Johnson. And Duke Johnson. How many of these do I get? One. One in a standard. Okay. So, I'll tell you what. I liked what I saw last week. I am never, until Randy Moss or someone of his ilk comes back, going to trust a wide receiver on the Patriots. So, I'm going to throw LaFell out, or at least I'm going to have to see a couple more weeks. It's just such a crapshoot there. So, now I'm to Jarvis Landry – James Jones, boy, for a long time, especially in a standard, was such a safe bet. He was such a threat to get in the end zone. He's kind of disappeared here a little bit. In a standard, I'm going to throw Duke Johnson out. I think he could have a decent game, but I I think it's it's going to be reception. Jarvis Landry, James Jones. I like Jarvis Landry here, Ray. I think... He just they find so many ways to get him the ball. He's gonna have two or three rushes. He he's gonna catch he's gonna have plenty of targets. I'm gonna go with Landry. This is tough over James Jones because I think the Packers get real healthy real quick in Lambeau against Detroit. And Jones is certainly, certainly a threat to get in the end zone this week. But I think Jarvis Landry's gonna touch the ball a lot more than anybody else in this game, and that's why I'm gonna go with him. I'm going to have to agree with you, Rick. I hate doing it, but uh, yeah, everything you said is true. I, I think James Jones is going to score, but I think Jarvis Landry, with the the amount of touches that he'll get, I think will make up for it, and he's liable to score as well against, uh, against you know that defense. But, uh, yeah, I think it's real close between the two, but I think I go to Landry as well. Okay, yeah, that we one... have – go ahead. I said, that one makes me nervous because would you be stunned to turn on the Red Zone channel this afternoon and see James Jones catch his third touchdown against that debacle in Detroit? It could so possibly happen, but I just can't guarantee it. I just have a bad bad gut feeling, sour gut lately about the Packers. But we won't belabor it. We went with Jarvis Landry. Uh, Let's move on to the next. All right. No, I agree. You're, you're right. I would not be surprised, but let's not uh, be negative here. All right. Okay, what do we got here? Jones, Randall, or Colston? And it doesn't say PPR or anything, so. Um... All right. So, I assume that's James Jones, so I'm going to throw I Colston think... out. Yeah, I think to me it's easy with James Jones against Detroit Ian Lambeau. Yeah, I think for every reason I just said in not being comfortable with my Landry pick, I'm going to stick with it, but make it nervous. Here's where I can redeem myself, and I, I think James Jones here. He's a real threat to get in the end zone. Randall, I feel like this game with New England should be a bit of a shootout. I just don't know if it's going to go that way. And When we get to our game picks, I'm going to talk about this game a little more. 
But I think Jones is such a threat to get in the end zone. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with him here. Rand- Randall's intriguing to me, but but James Jones is the play. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, we have one here, and of course we have to throw in your boy Ije again. But it's a PPR <laughs> question: Ije, Joyt Bell, or Matt Jones? Oh my. Okay, Bell and Matt Jones in a PPR. Ugh. Yeah, uh, I'll gotta- be honest with. I'll Go be ahead. honest with you, Rick. It is um, – this is kind of, uh, you know, off the wall a little bit. But I tell you what, you know, for everything you said about, uh, you know, being disillusioned from what we've seen from Green Bay the last few weeks, I'm definitely tempted to throw Joy Bell in there. I mean, this guy, you know, that they use him around the – in the red zone, around the goal line. He certainly can catch the ball. And uh, I think in this situation, I might go Joy Bell. I just wonder, what's his workload going to be, Rick? You, theoretic's still in town. I, I just read right. a story before we went on the air that they at least intend to try and get the ball in Amir Abdullah's hands a little more often, which why they got away with that, away from that is mind-boggling to me. I worry about that. I think he could have success once he gets the ball in his hands against that Packers defense that's shown to be terrible. I, I, I'm not going to it's going to be a low, low play before I get to a J.I.J.E. at this point. Yeah, I'm going to need to see another week. He touched the ball, what, five times last week. I am not. I don't care if the Danimal said he's getting a, an increased role. I'm going to have to see it first. Matt Jones is the volume play here, I, I guess I should say, so I might lean there. If I'm shooting for the stars, I'm going to agree with you and go Bell. So it's Jones if I just need – a guarantee that he's going to touch the ball in some opportunity. Joyke Bell, in a, especially in a PPR, if, I, if I'm looking for a, a big play, if I'm looking for a surprise big day, then it's Bell. I think it, this is cop-out alarm here again, but I think this is all dependent on your team and what you need and your expectations this week. All right, so we will leave it at that. I mean, I, I think I would gamble with Bell against that Green Bay. I think that he's just primed to be able to get something in that game, even if it's garbage time points. But anyway, what do we got here? Okay, we need one running back from Hillman, Anderson, and Andrews. These, what are these Denver guys? Like Andrews actually last week, he, he started to get it wrong a little bit and that what turned out to be that ridiculous game who's Tennessee I uh, Tennessee had Carolina so throw Andrews out so I got to pick <laughs> for for me it's CJ Anderson here Rick I, I think if somebody is going to get it rolling here this Kansas City defense can sort of be at an intermediate level sort of through creative plays trying to work the ball that I'm going to go with CJ Anderson here Hillman's a close second I guess I just tend to lean pick between these two guys. I'm not still not sure Hillman's 100% healthy, I think, is the difference maker for me here. Yeah, it, it, it's strange. I mean, to me, um, if it was a couple of weeks ago, it'd be a slam dunk. But, I mean, with Hillman and that fibers or whatever it is, you know, he was held, what was it, a one-yard rushing? He only had like seven touches last week. Uh you know, against Indianapolis. And, I mean, you know, they actually scored some points. You know, against Kansas City, that's pretty rough defense. I, I think I have to lean Anderson this way. I mean, uh, or this week. I, I'm with you. I, I think he is definitely – I think he's a safer play because you just don't know what you're going to get with Hillman right now. Because, I don't know, you know, we talked about that 
uh, injury, I don't know, a week or so ago. You know, they say, you know, it's a fibers. You know, you think, oh, that's no big deal. These things can be very hobbling and very painful. And, um, you know, I mean, I think it was witness of that last week that, uh, you know, with just seven touches, they're, they're just not much – you know, I mean, I think Anderson is a safer play. He still could be hobbled a little bit. So, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, look, Anderson's no better. That offensive line isn't getting any better. But just the opportunity to make big plays, to bust one, opportunities in the passing game. If Hillman, Assuming Hillman is still considered the number one, that gets Anderson on the field in third downs, which when you have a Peyton Manning as a quarterback opens up more opportunities for the running back. I don't have a good feeling about any of the three but if I was setting my lineup, I'd put in CJ and just grip my teeth for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Okay, one more or two more exactly here, and then we'll get to some picks here. Tannehill or Winston? I, I got to go Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. You, Winston, I like I, – we, we've seen him doing a little bit with the legs lately and getting some rushing touchdowns, which makes him an, an intriguing – if not uh, inspired play week in and week out. But I'm going to go safe here with Tannehill. He's got the weapons around him. They should be able to move the ball against the Philly defense. So I'm going to agree, and I'll go Tannehill. All right, and here we go. Our first defense question, uh, Pats or Cardinals? Okay. Uh, 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 I, I got a vibe, and I don't know why. That this, We'll see a bit of a shootout between – Pats and the Jets. It's not a very good defensive team. They're 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 sort of in the Belichick way. They'll make a big play when you need. I think Cardinals, Cardinals Seahawks. That that could be a tight matchup. That could be low scoring, a defensive kind of battle. Even with all the offensive weapons on both sides, Russell Wilson still doing that bit where he doesn't do anything for quarters, and then he comes alive in the middle of the fourth quarter. I think that bodes well for the Cardinals, and I, I'm I'm going to go with Arizona. Yeah, to me, uh, I'm I'm one of these guys. I just think that uh, the the Arizona Cardinals are a must-start defense every week. I mean, this this is a this is a Super Bowl caliber defense in my mind. And um, you know, New England they they get some of their points out of desperation from teams, and it makes them intriguing. But, you know, Arizona, fantasy-wise, they're still the fifth-highest scoring uh, defense in the league right now. New England's about three spots below them. So, I mean, neither ones are bad plays, but I think Arizona, week in and week out, they're just a pretty dominant defense. All right. Up in the chat. So let's get to the picks there, buddy. You still there? Are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I got you, Rick. Okay. Uh, then uh, it just seemed that you couldn't hear me there for a minute. But uh, I, said, uh, I gave my two cents on Arizona. I figured we'll get, just go to the picks. All right, let's do it. We get Scott in the mailbag. It's over for the game. We, we uh, talked a lot already this morning. Packers at Lambeau taking on your Detroit Lions. Yeah, my lines for sure. I like Green Bay. I think it's going to be a lot of points in that game. But I like Green Bay 35 to 24. Yeah, I think the Packers held offensively. Green Bay 31-17. It was the early 90s, Rick, the last time it went into the one. I don't see that changing with this team. Tampa Bay at home taking on the still Tony Romo Dallas Cowboys. 
I don't think Dallas goes winless without Romo. I think they steal one here in Tampa. I think it's going to be close, but I like Dallas 27, Tampa 21. Yeah, I, I hate agreeing with you. I just keep, I've said it week in and week out every time they have a favorable matchup that at some point Dallas is going to find a way to win one without Tony Romo. They got to get one here. Is the, they got opportunities. The Giants sort of pulling ahead in that division going up against the Pats. I think this is, this is the game for Dallas 20 to 16. Tennessee coming off that win at home, taking on the undefeated Panthers. Yeah, I mean, good luck with this defense here. I know, uh, you know, some people are believing in Tennessee, but, uh, yeah, I think they still have a ways to go. I like Carolina 36 17. Yeah, I think Marcus Mariota is the real deal going forward. But in your rookie year, it really only is what, Rick, six or seven start. Even at home, going to get that Panthers team, they're for real. I like Carolina 33-19. St. Louis, there's a game I, I can't figure out, the game-wise, fantasy-wise, anything. This game is torturing me. St. Louis at home taking on the Bears. Yeah, I mean, uh, every time you, you think the Bears are done, they turn around and pull one out. But, uh, you know, I like St. Louis. I, I like their defense better. I, I like Chicago's offense better. But, uh, you know, I think somewhere along the line, it, it's, you know, Gurley's going to just carry them. So I like St. Louis 22-18. Yeah, I think even though we had that coin toss between Gurley and Nagai earlier, I think he's the difference maker here. You give me a good defense against a quarterback whose favorite hobby is turning the ball over. I'm going to go. I think it's going to be close. I got St. Louis 23-20. Washington at home to the Saints. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this game either. I mean, you think New Orleans is on a roll and they lay an egg. It's just their defense is terrible. Washington's a mess. I'm going New Orleans 34, Washington 21. I, I don't like New Orleans. Outside, uh, you drove Breeze. It's just rolling back. I think Kirk Cousins can move this ball a little bit in, against New Orleans. They don't play well. I've had a lot of rain lately. I think this is a wake up call. Somehow, some way, I think the Skins win 23 18. Uh, talk a ton about this game already, Rick. Philadelphia at home, where Junior will be cheering on the Eagles, taking on the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this game either. I mean, Miami, you know, I just don't think they're that good. But Philly's defense is not good. But I think they have enough to take out Miami. I think it's going to close one, 23-19. Yeah, th- this one's tough for me because you just never know. And we, we every you don't know what you're going to get the Eagles. You don't know what you're going to get. Surprising to me is how bad this Miami defense is. With all the money they invested in that defensive line, they just can't stop anybody. They just get their doors blown off and we I think that's the difference. That's why I like a lot of my Eagles here. I like uh, Jordan Matthews. I, I love DeMarco Murray this week. So I'm going to go with the Eagles at home 30-20, but I'm never surprised if I'm wrong on that one. The matchup of the century at the quarterback position, Rick, uh, Landry Jones versus Johnny Manziel, the Steelers at home taking on the Browns. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, before I get into that, I noticed um, I, you're breaking up uh, on my end here. And in the chat room, they say your feed is breaking up too. So I'm not sure what's going on. It's probably wonderful blog talk. But anyway, yeah, I think unfortunately this is going to be a close game. I think, 
I think Pittsburgh lets teams they should beat hang around too long, and, uh, you know, it, it's come to bite them. But I think Pittsburgh's a better team, and uh, they're going to get close, but I'm going to take them 28-21. This just becomes about the, the surrounding cast. Johnny Menzel, much higher upside Andrew Jones. But I think D'Angelo against that bad rush defense, that difference. I got the 21-20 and an ugly and a close one. Jags at home taking on uh, Baltimore coming off the bye. Yeah, this is a game here that's not that easy to pick. I mean, I really like what Jacksonville's doing, but it just doesn't seem that they've hit that pinnacle of really knowing how to win the tough games. You know, Baltimore, you know, they, they've been there. They, it seems that they know how to win a little more. I think Baltimore wins a really close one, 34-30. The way Jacksonville's been playing offense, they, they have to get rewarded with a win at some team they do it against at, uh, being in Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville 331. These games with Baltimore are always within six and always a coin. I'm going to here. Your Raiders, Rick, at home taking on the Vikings. Yeah, I think this is a very intriguing game, and I took Oakland because they are at home. I think it's another close one. I'm t- going Raiders 31, Minnesota 28. Yeah, I think what amounted to a, a bad loss last week for Oakland. I think you get back home, you get healthy. I like Minnesota. This is a legit playoff team. Looks like Bridgewater's going to go. You love Adrian Peterson this week going up against that Oakland D that got shredded by D'Angelo. But I think Oakland finds a way this week at home themselves in the play in the playoff race 26-21. Probably game of the day, Rick. Giants at home taking on the Pats. Yeah, you know somewhere along the line, or at least you suspect that New England's going to lose a game somewhere. And it's going to be a team that can score points. And you know, New York Giants are at home, and they're, you know, they could be primed for an upset. But you know what? I'm still going New England. I think New England wins a close when somewhere along the line New York figures a way to lose it or New England figures a way to win it. I'm going New England 38-32. Yeah, it's impossible to pick against New England. I want to, so I'm going to. So now I now I go in justification mode. We know coming off of two Super Bowls, Eli Manning ain't scared of the Pats. He ain't scared of Brady and Belichick. Uh, Pat's team, that's not great defensively. They're just good enough. Their offensive line is just torn apart. You have to think that catches up with them, at least in a game at some point. So I'm going to go to the 29. I want to be right if it actually happens. Uh, Denver taking on the Chiefs. Coming off a bye where Andy Rick is 14-2 and in his career coming off the bye. Yeah, and you know, you know, we talk about this on the Fantasy Sports Network show, and uh, – yeah, he's looking at the weather report just uh, this morning, and they're they're actually expecting snow and cold weather in Denver, you know, the next few days. And I mean, that is that makes me take pause with Peyton Manning. But I'll stick with my original prediction. I think Kansas City had their chance to beat Denver the first time at Arrowhead, so I'm still going to take Denver, 24-19. Yeah, I think does this almost become the situation coming off the bye, Andy Reid's record coming off the bye, the weather and its effects on Peyton Manning, the struggles on the offensive line and the running game for the 
for the Broncos. It almost gears up 100% to pick the upset with Kansas City, but I think that game earlier in the year, the way Kansas City lost it. You know how, Rick, there's just some teams that are like the little brother to another team's big brother, and no matter what they do, they just can't get over the hump. I think that's the situation here, and so I'm going to go Denver 27-16. Seattle at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I love this game. I can't wait for it. Uh, you know, Seattle is always brutal at home, but I tell you what, I like this Arizona Cardinals team. I love the defense. I love what they're doing on offense. I'm going Arizona 34-26. Yeah, I, I think this thing, it is tough to win in Seattle, but if anyone can do it, if anyone's not scared of Seattle, Seattle just isn't that good. And they're going to be better at home and tough play up there. I don't think Seattle is that good, and I think this is Arizona's division to win. We're having a change into the guard, and it starts tonight. I got Arizona 27-24. And Monday night, I expect fireworks. The undefeated Cincinnati Bengals take on the Houston Texans. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a lot of questions out there, you know, with all the, you know, in the media and our, you know, quote-unquote constituents and so forth, you know, questioning the Bengals. I tell you what, you know, the Bengals have won every game, no matter what the game was like. I mean, they won slobberknockers against Pittsburgh where they couldn't hardly score. They've won shootouts. And this team can just basically do it all. They can score when they have to. They can play defense. Houston isn't that good, and I see Cincinnati staying undefeated. I'm going 31-20. Yeah, I, you got to think. You know, Cincinnati, getting so late in the year, and by and large, here's a really good year. A standing year in this league is 13-3, and and you think a team like Carolina, a team like Cincinnati, isn't going to end much better than that. And you try to find on a bad Texans team, quite frankly. They're going to move the ball. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have himself a nice day. I just don't. There's just too many weapons on Cincinnati against a bad, a surprisingly bad Texans defense. So I think 37-24. All right. And that wraps them up, right? Got anything in the chat room there, Rick, or do we uh, we move we on to the bag? Oh, no, wait a minute. One just popped in. And uh, we need two in standard scoring. And that is Kendrick West, James Starks, James Jones, Sims, or James White. All right. For me, this is – I don't like this matchup against, against Denver. So, this is Starks. I think he – is going to get the work at least at the beginning of the game. And the standard league love James. So I'm going to go all Green Bay here, Rick, and I'm going to go Starks. And- I agree 100%. I, you know, I mean, look, I think Lacey's on the way out. And uh, he even admits he doesn't know what's going on with himself. So, uh, you know, and James Stark has, you know, has actually performed. So, against this Detroit defense, I'm going Starks and James Jones as well. Then we had need a desperation running back in standard scoring. Alfred Morris, Marcel Reese, Andre Ellington. Oh boy, Mars, Morris Reese Ellington. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go Ellington here. He's going to have more opportunities to touch the ball. 
This should be an Alfred Morris game in Washington. It 100% should be where, for whatever reason, Jay Gruden hates Alfred Morris almost as much as he hates RG3. I don't know why they won't give Alfred the ball, but they won't do it. Reese, you're almost counting on injury for him to to touch the ball. So I think it's got to be Ellington. Just – most opportunity, most opportunity to bust a play. Maybe he gets a carry down around the goal line or up or down play around the goal line in some sort of passing set. So I'm going to go with Ellington here. Yeah, this is one of those ones. I mean, if you had a three-sided coin, you could flip. But, you know, I, I agree with you. Morris, for some reason, they hate Alfred Morris. He's done nothing but put up a 1,000 yards every year. Marcel Reese is Latavius Murray, who – has practice without limitation. I, I, unless he gets injured, you're not going to see it. Funny him, I don't think. I, although he does have, you know, a chance to score, which which makes you think about that. But Ellington, I think he may be in there, uses a change of pace guy. This this could be, um, you know, a situation in Seattle where they may have to change things up a little bit and maybe go with Ellington. And, yeah, he may have a chance, you know, maybe a little swing pass or, or break a run or break a pass, something like that. I think Ellington may be the play this week. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump on. Looks like we have on the line proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl 360 and the president of the J.I.J.E., Mr. Scott Fish. Scott, good morning. What's going on, guys? Uh, Rick, I just wanted to comment on your uh, – Flieger, on your uh, – Microphone get going in and out. I, I have two uh, theories on why it keeps going in and out. One, your, the microphone can't handle the sweet, sexy, dulcet tones from Mr. Rick Flieger. I, I think you're so, on to something there. Move on. Or two, you have developed a Bill Cowher-esque spitting problem while you talk. <laughs> that, there, there may be a moisture issue, but I do have a windscreen up, which tends to catch a lot of that. I have to hang it outside at the end of every show. I do kind of do that. I get worked up a little bit. Nice, nice. By the way, on your last show, I heard you mention you were 36. I didn't realize you were 36, man. Well, did I say I was 36? I, I'm 38. Oh, maybe, maybe you said 38. <laughs> You know, Mike uh, Tomlin took over the Pittsburgh Steelers at 34 years old. Uh, what yeah, have you, you done with your life so far? You got it. This is my this stupid show is my greatest accomplishment in life. It's sad, isn't it? The way uh, just people go in different directions, I guess. Well, I'm sure your daughter will love to hear that on the playback. <laughs> I don't let her listen to this show. Make confessions on a Wednesday show. Got some. Uh, Good feedback on that. I appreciate on uh, taking into that. We get no feedback anytime we get anything right. But when I have a uh, bathroom mishap, and uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden the, the emails come pouring in. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump to it here. I'll uh, get some questions. Oh, it's ten after this show. Flying here. I like one is interesting, and I. Uh, no way to go. And I actually played Kirk Cousins in a daily league trying to save some money. Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill this week? Wow. Um, well, I think that the Kirk Cousins game is going to be much higher scoring. Uh, and and I, I would love to see another, uh, another one of those uh, high-flying affairs that New Orleans has been having recently. I think I'm going to take the shot at Cousins. Uh, I do like 
Uh, did you say you said Tannehill, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm still going to go with Cousins. I do like Tannehill, but uh, I, I'm going to take a shot at Cousins here. I, I think it's a wild card flyer. Right? It's probably not the popular opinion. I might be on an island with him, but uh, I, I like I like Cousins this week. I tell you what, Rick, I am in agreement with uh, Mr. Fish here, and like you, I've got uh, Cousins this week in some daily leagues. So uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Kirk Cousins in this one as well. We are going to have a consensus on Kirk Cousins. This cannot end well for absolutely anybody. Oh, the question I wanted to get to off the top, I'm going to jump to that. This question comes to a very, very handsome young man. Go, goes by the name of R. Flieger32. He's from West Sunbury, PA. He's got a PPR flex question. Jeremy Langford or Jordan Matthews? Well, with Forte still out, I'm I'm going to stick with Langford. He just catches enough uh, enough passes to be to get 20, 30, 40, 50 yards in the pass game as well. So, uh, give me Langford. You know, I, I tell you what, I, I'm kind of like Rick in a way. I, I don't necessarily like running backs in the flex, but, you know, the way Chicago uses the running back in, in the receiving part of the game, I think I'm going to have to go to Langford as well, even though I love Jordan Matthews and he, he, he's curious with this uh, Rick Flager 33 dolt um, why he's not starting Jordan Matthews. I'm kind of wondering who is starting over him. Well, uh, the, the, this this handsome chap, he's starting uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's starting Mike Evans, and he's starting Antonio Brown. Would you pull any – and then uh, – who is he starting at running back? He's starting D'Angelo Williams and T.J. Yeldon. Do you, do you swap any of those out to get get Matthews in? I think I might go Langford and Matthews in the flex, to be honest with you, maybe Ben Yeldon. Wow. Where are you at on that? Uh, yeah, uh... I, I don't know if I, I'd be benching Yeldon, but I, I can I can see where Briggs is coming from. I think all three of those are kind of really close. Um, Jordan Matthews, I mean, he is, he has not been great the, this year. He was great last week, but I wonder if we're I wonder if we're getting a little too overhyped on him right now, or if this is the start of his run. It, it's it's a little difficult to tell, um, but I do and I I do know that the Langford matchup is pretty awful. I mean. St. Louis is not a good good matchup for a running back. I mean, Adrian Peterson did what he does because he's Adrian Peterson. But outside of that, people don't run on that front five in St. Louis very well. So I don't envy your decision, uh, but I, I think I'd still stick with what you got. Hey, should we yeah. um, ask? Should we ask this handsome chap is if he's in a uh, desperation mode where he really needs the high upside, or is, is he? okay or cruising or what let let me ask you that rick as someone who, who's familiar with this situation coming from someone like me who's running uh 15 leagues this year am i in i don't think i'm in a desperate situation but i can't afford to drop too many more can i no i don't think so I, you know and, and i see where scott's coming from you know Yeldon is certainly the safest play and and i mean i think you know what you're going to get out of him we saw what we got with Matthews last year or last week. And you don't know if you're going to get it again. You may and then kick yourself. But, you know, if Yeldon puts up the typical whatever, you know, say 100 yards and, uh, you know, maybe a few catches and maybe even get in the end zone, 
you don't want to let out on that, you know, let out on that chance either. So, yeah, I think Yeldon probably is the safer play, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, uh, what I see out of Yeldon this week is more like 60 to 70 yards, no touchdowns, because the Ravens, I think the Ravens have only given up two or three touchdowns this season. Uh, I, I'd guess more like you're looking at 70 yards on the ground and 20, 20 or 30 in the air with a couple catches is probably what Yeldon's going to get you. Uh, so, so tough for uh, our player 32. He's got a tough decision to make here. But let's help somebody else while, while we're out here. I need to do a PPR. Jeremy Langford, Latavius Murray, Burks, or D. Cobb. I uh, throw D. Cobb out. So two between Langford, Murray, and Starks in a PPR. Langford and Starks, not actually that close to me. Latavius Murray is uh, coming off that concussion and a little gimpy, and I heard it, uh, it's been raining all morning. It's going to be a slop fest in the mud. 20-plus mile-an-hour winds. I don't, I don't know if I love that game for a lot of scoring. So uh, I, I'm i going to go with the other two. I couldn't exactly hear what Scott said, Rick, but I, I think I would have to – I heard, you know, I heard he's throwing Murray out, and I think I would have to agree with that one in this situation. I think I think Starks is primed, uh, you know, basically for a pretty good game. You know, Detroit can't stop anybody. Yeah, I'm going to agree here. We're not aware of the weather situation in Oakland, so that's some that's some good news and may change some matters here going forward. So yeah, I'm going to agree. I think I'd have agreed irregardless of the weather, but uh, certainly, certainly considering that, considering. Uh, fumble risks and everything around it. I, I think I'm going to drop Murray out of that one here. All right, non-PPR need to. Here's somebody else. Apparently, Rick, you and I are the ones who didn't know about the weather in Oakland. Non-PPR need to nerve Oakland. Cooper, Diggs, Rashard Matthews, Brandon Brooks, two of them and non-PPR. I tell you, your feed broke up, Rick. I did not catch those players. I, All right. Yeah, it broke up, but I got Brandon Cooks, Diggs, Cooper, and I think you said Rashad Matthews. Uh, I'm yep, going. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. I, I'm never benching Cooper. I don't care if it's a if it's a hurricane. I I think Cooper will still somehow get 75 yards in a touch. So uh, I'll stick with Cooper, and you know what? I'm going to stick with uh, Stefan Diggs as well. Uh, I realize that there's a lot more. Uh, a lot more upside in the Brandon Cooks play because of the game he's played in should be high scoring. So if you need a ton of points, he's, he's the guy to go with. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to stick with Diggs. It's it's close between Diggs and, and Cooks for me, though. You know, I think I'm going to have to agree there. Certainly, you know, Cooper, I mean, you know, let's stop with the Amari Cooper questions. I mean, to me, he's a must-start. I mean, there's just no question about that. I mean, unless you're – you know, some team that you're, you're Mari Cooper, Des Bryant, something like that. But, I mean, this guy's a must-start. But I, I'm going to have to go with uh, Stephon Diggs as well. Cooks, for me, is too unpredictable in that offense. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, I, I still think Diggs is the real deal as well. I, I'm going in this direction. Yeah, and in this question, I'm going to throw the weather concerns out. I think, actually, if there's wind concerns, it may bode well for Diggs to be working letting him make a – you just can't sit Cooper. Brandon Cooks is too inconsistent, don't like him, or the Saints in general playing outside up there in Washington. So I need uh, – what do I need here? I need 
Hopkins in a flex and a PPR. Des Bryant, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, or Jonathan Stewart. I think this is pretty easy. I think I throw two. How or many? Three how many are we picking? Three of those two receivers in a flex. <laughs> That's not even close for me. That's not even close. All right, I yeah. think we're we all agree on that one. I'm trying to jump around here as we. Uh, yeah, I got one, touch. Rick, for you. All right, let's do it. I, I copied some down from the other day here. You know, since Rivers is on a bye, Kirk Cousins or Jay Cutler? Cool. I, I like Cousins' matchup so much better. It's a Kirk Cousins day here at the asylum. You like that. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I want to see him do that again too. What was that? Oh, oh, we have breaking news, guys. ESPN Dolphins reporter James Walker says beware of Jay Ajayi stealing red zone touches. Just saying. Oh no! Oh no! Come on! Enough Man, of Ajayi. Where's Ajayi coming? We're talking cousins and Cutler, and you're bringing in Jay Ajayi for God's sake. Hey, Rick, it's breaking news anytime it feels like breaking. That's what we do here on the slam. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's Cousins the whole way here in the asylum, but we need two in a PPR. Karen McFadden, DJ Yelp, Jonathan Stewart, Isaiah Crowell. We need a running, but we actually need two of these guys. Uh, D-Mac and Yeldon, not even close for me. Same here. Yep, same here. Uh, I do. I do think Crowell's an interesting flex play today, but uh, he doesn't compare to those two. All right, boy, all right. This, can, this is all. Oh, you got one, Rick? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean these, these delays are killing me here. I'll let you run the show, Rick. All right, we have uh, in a PPR got a tight end question. This is good. Travis Kelsey or Jordan Reed? You know, Reed has caught, what, I think a touchdown the last two or three games anyway. But, you know, I tell you what, I think I would go um, Jordan Reed. I, you know, Ryan just got, we've been Kirk Cousins all day in the asylum. Let's, let's jump on Jordan Reed. Somebody's got to catch him. Yeah, the, the Broncos' D is, is very good. Um and uh, Jordan Reed, when he's healthy, I don't think anyone can argue. He's a tight end one when he's healthy. He always has been. He's always put good points when healthy. And Kelsey hasn't, Kelsey just hasn't been scoring this year since really week one. So uh, give me Jordan Reed. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, I mean, boy, it's uh, a Redskins type of show today. I agree 100%. I thought I was going to be on the island. I was nervous then, about Kelsey. Go ahead. Once they get blown out thirty-five nothing, we won't be here next week. <laughs> we'll just shut it down. It'll just be Rick and I <laughs> sitting in that haunted attic, uh, kvetching to each other. We're not even going to ask anybody to listen. Here's an interesting <laughs> question: Would you guys play Jonathan Stewart as your RB RB two, or wait and play for gets to go between Lynn and Rawls tonight? Wow, um, you know what? I think I think I would just go with Stewart. Of course, it depends on you know it depends on your need. I think you know as far as for upside. But to me, I think the safe play 
is to go Stewart against Tennessee. Chance. Now, does he have both of these guys, Rawls and Lynch? Is that the question, Rick? Yes, yes. So I think it's obviously Lynch if he was healthy. My concern with this one, so so he has them both, and if Lynch is out, he would play Rawls if he doesn't play Stewart. My concern here is I like the Lynch or Rawls if either one of those is the guy. I don't actually like Stewart's matchup. If you look, believe it or not, Tennessee is tough against fantasy running backs thus far this season. My fear is Lynch gives it a go, and we almost have a little bit of a split here and breaking it out. So I'm going to go the conservative route, the Rick Briggs route, and play Stewart here. I think Rawls has a big game if it's just him. If Lynch is actually healthy, he could have a fair game here. But I, I, I think Stewart. I got some news for you on that. Uh, Adam uh, Schefter tweeted, tweeted six minutes ago, Seattle is not counting on Marshawn Lynch this week. Oh, that, you know that what? I think I'm still going Jonathan Stewart. Uh, you know, Rawls scares me, and they're playing that Arizona defense. I think I'm still going to roll with Stewart. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to take Howard's way out here, and I'm going to go with Stewart here. At least I know he's going to be touching the ball. I just, I don't, I don't know if I want to get in that mess, especially against the Arizona defense. That, that's what I don't like more than anything about this. Well, I am going to just have the balls to to not go with Stewart, who Tennessee's run defense is really pretty good, too. They've only allowed one touchdown uh, to a running back since week three. Um, and they've been pretty stout lately, a, a lot better than a lot better than people really think. I, I think they've uh, – I mean, they, they held Ingram to 52 yards last week. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say what the hell, and I'm gonna go with Rawls. I, I I know that you can choose either or, but I'm I'm gonna take Rawls tonight. What the hell? All right, Thomas Rawls Island for Scuff. We got our first Island. Scuff one half point PPR. Need two of these five receivers: Mike Crabtree, Jaron Macklin, Chris Landry, and Tavon Austin. Half point PPR. Now how many are we picking? Two. Okay, I gotta, I gotta throw out Macklin against that Denver defense. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go Crabtree, and um, yeah, I think I may just gamble on Tavon Austin. I think he's a big play guy, and I'm gonna gamble on him. Well, I think I think uh, Crabtree has been so consistently decent this year. Uh, but if the winds are truly, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour, like I'm hearing, uh, I think I'm just going to – I think that's just enough to give me the edge for Austin and Landry, who have also been pretty solid and, and are decent half-point PPR guys. Boy, the, there is the an indictment, if I've ever heard one, so consistently decent. I love it. I love it with Crabtree. <laughs> but I agree. need the – Everything sort of be right to be wanting to start Crabtree like the situation he had in Pittsburgh last week. I agree with Scott here. I actually got Tavon Austin number one on this list, and then I'm going to go with uh, Jarvis Landry behind him. I don't I don't like Macklin. I don't want any part of Macklin. So, uh, Rick, this is something we talked about Wednesday, and maybe it shouldn't be that close, but we've got the quarterback situations. PPR flex, Martavis Bryant or Brandon I, I didn't hear the second guy. 
Cooks in New Orleans. You know, boy, I tell you what, that that is so scary. But you know, you know, Martavis Bryant has really been failing lately. But Landry Jones. Well, I, I, you know, I tell you what, I am going to, I am going to gamble and go Martavis Bryant today. And um, you know, Brandon, I, there's just something about New Orleans that scared him. You can get burned not going with some of these guys, but you can also get burned going with them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i going to go Martavis Bryant. I just like his size, and he can go up and get the ball. And, you know, I, that's where I'm going on this, this week. I, it may kill me, but it's against Cleveland, so I'm going Bryant. Yeah, with uh, with Landry, Landry Jones as the starter this week, with Landry Jones as the starter, Martavis Bryant has nine catches for in two games. Nine catches for 182 yards and three touchdowns in two games. Uh, I, I think he just has a thing for, for Martavis Bryant. I don't know why, but uh, I'm going with that. Yeah, it's something about with these backup quarterbacks, Bryant performs better. And Bryant's a guy I, I wasn't real high on going into the week. I really think Cook struggles here, and I'm going to agree. I, I like Bryant with these backup quarterbacks. I wonder if there's something going on <laughs> between him and Roethlisberger. I, I don't know. I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't also mention Joe Hayden is out. So their number two corner has to cover Brown now, and now their number three corner is on Bryant. Yeah, that uh, that that well <laughs> certainly. All right, we have a, a standard league. Uh, well, yeah, I'll throw it out there. We need two of these four standard: Mark Ingram, Marshawn Lynch, Gio Bernard, D'Angelo Williams. That is probably pretty simple with the Lynch injury, isn't it, Rick? I know you're a Bernard guy. That's why I asked this question. Yeah, I mean, it's it, certainly with Lynch. I mean, he's out of there. I mean, D'Angelo is a must start and. I tell you what, it's close with um, Ingram and uh, and um, Geo. I tell you what, Geo really hasn't been putting up these huge numbers. You know, in Cincinnati, they're at home against Houston. It should be a, a, a Geo type of game. It should have been last week, and it didn't turn out to be. I think I might go Ingram in this instance. You guys there? It sounded like it cut out for a second. Uh Okay, I think uh, I think I'm going Ingram over Geo. I just trust him more. Um, Geo Geo's a pretty pretty darn safe PPR guy, but I think Ingram has potential for a bigger game. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to make it unanimous. I don't like the way they just get away from Geo sometimes. It seems to me they're trying to get Jeremy Hill rolling here as they get deeper in the season and get ready for the playoffs. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go. Williams is a must start, yep. and I'm going to go Ingram. All right, here's a tough one. Eli Manning or Blake Bortles? <laughs> wow. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I'm going to go Eli Manning because I, I figure that New York uh, Giants-New England game to be like a 34 to 27 tons of offense type of game. Uh I, I, ju- I just feel like he has more potential to have one of those 330-yard, three-touchdown games than Bortles. Bortles. Bortles has been a QB1 or a QB2 like pretty much every week this season. So I think he's the safe, uh, a safe option, but I, I'd rather have Eli in there and go for the gold. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to agree. I, I'm going Eli. He's been pretty good all year long. And, uh, you know, I, I just like Eli over Bortles in this instance. I'm, I'm going to put myself once again, and I've spent a lot of time here, and it's a beautiful fellas. I'm going to put myself on Blake Bortles Island. Love that matchup. You just yeah. don't know Eli. And like I said at the beginning, when I picked the Giants, he ain't scared of the of the of the Patriots, and I could live to regret this one. But I'm going to hang out on Blake Bortles Island, and I believe we had a picture of his wife or girlfriend up at one time. So it's not a terrible place to be. All right, last I, one. I don't. I don't think you're wrong in that. That's a great matchup. I'd be shocked if Bortles doesn't have at least 250 and two this week. I, oh, I just feel like they're going to have a huge week. So, yeah, you can't lose on that one. All right, last one, and we'll we'll get out of here. Two of these three standard scoring league: Chris Johnson, James Starks, or the Duggernaut. <laughs> uh, let's see, Demart. Starks and Chris Johnson, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm, I'm taking Chris Johnson out against Seattle in Seattle. And you said just pick one? No, you can so, have two. Oh, then just bench Chris Johnson against Seattle at home. Yeah, I think reluctantly I'm going to, too. Um, I really like Johnson this year. And, I mean, he has been nothing but solid. But I think in this instance, you know, with with the other two characters, I, I think he's probably the safest guy to bench. Yeah, I think it uh, almost feels like the easy way out, but I, I'm going to agree just based on that matchup and where it's being played. i got to get Starks in my lineup this week. And the Duggar not, as long as he doesn't put the ball on the carpet, we know what he can do. All right, well, we have run out of time. This show has flown by. Mr. Fish Ajayi, it was great to hear from you again this week. Uh, what, what do you got going on? Uh, not much going on for me, Scott Fish. At ScottFish24 on Twitter, come follow me for everything you've ever wanted in life and more. And <laughs> Constant Jay Ajayi updates, I know that. <laughs> yep, yep, you'll get those all day with every carry and then some. And uh, I'm on the Bull Rush podcast every once in a while. When I, I, I'll be on there more in the off season, but I've uh, missed out lately. Uh, my schedule hasn't allowed. And you can also catch me on the Inside Slant next week, where I tell you all the correct answers to your start That's sick right. questions. <laughs> all right, Scott. We appreciate it, man. Good to hear from you. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, we'll see. All right, Mr. Briggs, we are out of time. Any last words, any sage advice for our listeners? No, other than just, uh, you know, keep your head up and, uh, you know, plow through. That's what we always do, and keep the questions coming. I know we try to get through as many as we can on the slant. We don't always get to them all, but we will answer every single one of them. So, uh, you know, just send them uh email. AsylumFootball at gmail.com or AsylumFantasySports at gmail.com or at AsylumFootball on Twitter. That's right. Keep them coming right up till kickoff. We will monitor all of these right until 1 o'clock, so keep them coming. little programming note, we will, uh, in the midweek show, it will be Thursday as I leave this evening, as uh, Forrest Gump would say, for our nation's capital. So i got to get down there for work for a couple of days. We will get the show out Thursday next week. And as always, you can hear us on the Fantasy Sports Network, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Saturdays at 1 o'clock. So good luck this week. Thanks for all the questions. And, uh, we'll, 
till Thursday. We'll see you. Take care. Not a